Welcome back. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We're in Sturgis, South Dakota. Pappy Hoyle Campground and Full Throttle Saloon. All right there, spread out before your very eyes. If you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Tremendous friends over at Quick Trip, and God knows I miss them. I was just talking to uh, one of my buddies that works for Quick uh, Quick Trip yesterday and telling him I just can't wait to get back to uh, the Wisconsin area just to be able to stop into Quick Trip and uh, what a pleasure it is and how much you miss it once you don't have it anymore. And uh, to use the quick rewards card and whatever hot foods, meals they happen to have, I'm in. But don't forget also, still, they have a, a game going on with Mountain Dew. You can win yourself some cash throughout the summer. Go in and use your quick uh, quick rewards card only with our friends over there at Quick Trip. Joining us now on the phone, Cassidy Hill, the Journal Sentinel covering the Green Bay Packers from Packers Training Cap. Cassidy, uh, first and foremost, thanks for joining us for a couple minutes, man. Appreciate it. Of course, Bill. Thanks for having me. So let me ask you, the – the coming up on Friday night, it's I know there's a lot of talk about the offensive line and about wide receivers, but really all eyes are on Jordan Love, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is really sort of his time to shine and to prove that he's worth keeping here in Green Bay as their backup in their future. You know, Aaron Rodgers made the comment yesterday, Tuesday, that he and Jordan Love's past are starting to look remarkably similar. You know, he sat behind Favre for three years, sort of waited his time, and then had to prove that he was that he was worth uh, kind of building the future of the team around. And now Jordan Love is in that same that same moment. You know, back in April around draft time, there was a lot of talk about was Jordan Love going to be playing for a new team this season, and and would the Packers be using the preseason to build Jordan Love's trade value? I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that this is still Jordan Love's team in the future, unless something you know great comes along in the next year. But now he has to sort of prove that he's that he's capable of handling this offense. And he does look markedly better this offseason than he has in the past. He's more command he, he has more command of the huddle, he has more command of the offense. He's not afraid to to change the play and call an audible if he needs to during eleven on eleven. And he's the ball is just coming out of his hands better. It's still a tad slower than Rogers. His his arm drops a little lower, his hitch is a a second slower, but his seat his footwork is so much better, which is the biggest thing LaFleur wanted him to work on. And, it, you know, he told me last week, Jordan Love did, that that was the first thing Tom Clements said he wanted to work on when he arrived this spring. He said, we're going to fix your base, and that's going to make all the difference. And it really has thus far. I Going back to what you said that Aaron Rodgers stated uh, about how they're on the same trajectory, the difference is that when we saw Aaron Rodgers, even early on in his career, behind Brett Favre, mm-hmm. He was out dueling Favre almost on a consistent basis, and Favre knew it. We mm-hmm. haven't seen that with Jordan Love. So I, as much as I know there's hype and there's props and such, and he does look better, you know, the question to me is, is he's got to prove it to me. Can what he right. sees go to his shoulder, go to his arm, go to his elbow, and put it into that tight window and the deciphering of defenses and such, mm-hmm. can he see that because it's what between the ears is going to make him good, average, bad, or great? And that's what I want to see out of Jordan Love, not just to see to bolster his trade value, but if he's really going to be the long-time fix after Aaron Rodgers leaves. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that something else that Aaron Rodgers had mentioned last week was wait to see what Tom Clements can do with Jordan Love. Because Aaron Rodgers credits Tom Clements with so much of his of his maturity and his ability 
and he credits Tom Clements with changing his fundamentals. You know, if you remember, you go back to Aaron Rodgers when he first got here, his throwing motion was just off. It's what they told you at UCLA, which was, or at Cal, I'm sorry, which was fine. But it, it was not what it needed to be for the NFL. And Tom Clements changed his throwing motion. And can he do that same thing for Jordan Love with Love's issue, which was his footwork? He's already doing that. So, you know, not to say that Jordan Love's first two years should just completely be discounted and not paid attention to, but what does he look like after a full offseason and possibly even a full season with Tom Clements tweaking his fundamentals? That's going to be sort of of what we can then tell. Sorry, <laughs> they just got no in practice. I got a little distracted. It, what does he look like after Tom Clements has had him for a full season? Then we'll know if he can be the quarterback of this team in the future for sure. Now, one of the things we mentioned early on was the, obviously the offensive line. Um, I know Brian Gutekind spoke today, and one of the statements was, hey, there's a chance that uh, both you know David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins could participate early in the season. That mm-hmm. statement is taken two different ways. On one hand, for Elton Jenkins, that's fantastic because that means he's coming right. back ahead of schedule. On the other hand, for David Bakhtiari, that's that's a doom statement. That's like, holy mackerel, this guy's still not ready. How, how concerned, what is right. the level of concern for David Bakhtiari coming back? Very, because it's, you know, even when he does come back, is he going to be the same Bakhtiari that he was before his injury? Probably not, you know, and that that was the best left tackle in football. Elton Jenkins is really the wild card here because wherever he goes will determine the rest of their line. But flip side of that, vice versa, he can go anywhere. And, you know, they can plug him in to their greatest spot of need. If Bakhtiari's not back, that's left tackle. If Bakhtiari's back, then that's probably right tackle. You know, they can sort of plug Jenkins back in, and they, they need him to shore up some of those those spots that are not as certain. Because right now, it, it just feels like everything's sort of in limbo on the offensive line. You know, is Royce Newman a stopgap until one of Jenkins or Bakhtiari comes back? It is um, is is Jack or is Hanson someone that they really like? and can use all over the place, or again, are they just sort of cross-training him as a worst-case scenario in case they don't get either one of those guys back until later in the season? You know, if they start the season on PUP, they have to remain on PUP for the first four weeks. Um, You know, how much do they want to risk those first four weeks, possibly losing a game here or there, versus getting those guys back early and possibly like they did with Bakhtiari in Detroit, causing an injury to become even worse. You know, that's sort of, I guess, the the challenge that they're in right now, as Matt LaFleur's favorite saying is, that's the challenge, as sort of weighing what's right. more important, getting them back sooner versus getting them back fully healthy. I think that, of course, you would love to have David Bakhtiari back, but if you can get Elton Jenkins back, that shores up a lot of issues on that line. Talking with Cassidy Hill, the Journal Sentinel, covering the Green Bay Packers at Cassidy G. Hill. So I wanted to also ask you, uh, when we talk about the depth on the line, there's depth at the outside linebacker position. That's another area we don't talk a lot about, only for the fact that right now they're very strong in that area. But should there mm-hmm. be an injury or two, God forbid, suddenly that, that that area becomes extremely thin. Give me your thoughts on that outside linebacker position as far as the backups go in that competition. That's actually a great point. That's one of the few units on defense that doesn't have a ton of depth. You know, you ask these guys on defense, why why is the national narrative that this defense is so good and I'll tell you because of depth they're they're pretty decently deep along the front they're deep and inside linebacker now because Quay Walker provides so much there um 
they're deep in the secondary because even with Savage out, or you know, Darnell Savage was hurt during family night and he's not going to play this Friday versus San Francisco, they've got guys like, you know, Sean Davis and Ennis and Gaines, who's nursing a little injury right now as well, but Sean Davis, Ennis Gaines, Rico Gafford, Dallin Levitt, who was brought in to play special teams but has played a lot at safety. They've got depth there. Outside linebacker, as you said, is the one that is a little concerning because you've got Preston Smith, you know, you've got really, really strong guys to start, but what is behind them? Jonathan Garvin has, has done a pretty decent job in camp. I think you've got some depth there with him. Um, and, and then do you, Randy Ramsey coming back helps a little bit, but he hasn't played a ton yet. Uh, behind them, though, there's not much there. You know, you're not going to get much out of some of these other guys that are probably just going to end up on the practice squad. Um, that really is the question. Are they going to bring someone in before the season starts just to provide a little bit more, maybe even better in depth with that position? Because you've got two of the best there right now. But like you said, what happens if one of them goes down? Then you're you're a little bit in trouble. Talking with Cassidy Hill of the uh, Journal Sentinel, talk covering the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the other area that was so bad, and specifically in the postseason, although we all knew it throughout the season, was special teams. Rich Passaccia making uh, a move, obviously, to get rid of, rid of Wordle. Uh, the, the process, they mm-hmm. kept talking about the process. The process wasn't right, and then he finally threw the gloves on himself, started snapping the football, right. and uh, you wish he could still play because he probably did it better than some of the guys they have there on the roster. But now it's Jack Coco. He's the guy that's going to be after Steve Wordle from last year is now jettisoned. He's gone today making that announcement. So give me your thoughts. Do you think the long snapper, and we don't talk very much about the long snapper unless they're bad, do you think the long snapper right. for the Green Bay Packers football team is actually on this roster right now, or do you think that they're going to go outside uh, of the organization after cutdown day to find another guy? No, I don't think he's on this roster right now. I think Coco could be an interesting guy to develop, but he's still pretty young. He's still learning you know, the speed of it in the NFL. He has worked a lot with Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell, you always see him pulling Coco over to the side just so they can work on the snap hold transition because that requires so much chemistry and to be in sync with each other. It wasn't really surprising that Wartell was let go. I, he had just, he's already small. Um, and when you're that small, you've got to be quick with the snap. And he had just the tiniest hitch, but it was enough to make it a bad combination with his size. So it's not hugely, it's not a big surprise that they let him go. I, I just don't know if Coco's ready. And, you know, the Packers like to develop guys. They like young guys. But they're in a very short championship window here with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Bisaccia pushed to bring in veteran guys on special teams with Pat O'Donnell. You know, Mason Crosby's going to keep that kicker job even though he's still recovering from a knee scope. He brought in uh, Nixon and Levitt. He, he's packing the special teams with veteran experience. And you can't afford to take time to develop a long snapper because, like you said, we don't really talk about them until they do something wrong. And that was a big part of what went wrong in that 49ers loss in the divisional round of last year's playoffs. And so I, I think that they have to bring in a veteran guy. They tried out a couple of guys yesterday. They didn't sign any of them as of right now. Um, you know, there's a, I know there's a couple of other veteran guys around the league that they're talking to right now about possibly bringing in for a tryout. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do see them sign a veteran, experienced long snapper before the season starts just because they can't afford to take time to develop a guy there. Talking with Cassidy Hill, the Journal Sentinel. So just uh, just your own perspective 
of camp. Give me a few things that stood out to you or have stood out to you thus far. And obviously we're on the precipice of a game on mm-hmm. Friday and then the Saints coming in for uh, joint practices uh, next week in anticipation of the game coming up the following Friday. But give me some things that have stood out to you so far in camp that are maybe different, some things that have mm-hmm. been highlighted, some things that have been low-lighted type of things. Give me some things that have stood out. It's very competitive, which I know a lot of people say that about camp. But you know, some of my colleagues, Tom Silverstein, Ryan Wood, Pete Jordy, that I work with that have done a ton of Packers training camps, have said that this is one of the most competitive training camps they've seen in a long time here in Green Bay. You know, we had our first scuffle today at practice. I didn't see who started it. I just saw Aaron Rodgers and uh, Rashawn Geary break it up. But when that scuffle broke out, a, a teenage fan next to me started cheering, and he was like, yes, a fight. We're totally winning the Super Bowl. And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of those competitive juices flowing. You really, really see it in the one-on-ones and the wide receiver versus corner matchup because those are they're, – they're trash-talking each other. They don't mind taking each other to the ground, um, getting in each other's face, being stingy, uh, being tenacious, and then hopping up and immediately telling each other what the other did wrong so that it can get fixed. And, you know uh, – Romeo Dubs and Jair Alexander had a huge matchup on Monday, going one-on-one against each other a couple of different times. And Jair won every single one of those matchups. It's the first time Romeo Dubs has kind of been uh, shut down in camp thus far. And Jair let him hear it. But then in the locker room later, Jair goes over to Romeo, pulls him aside, and says, this is what you did wrong. This is how to fix it. And, and so you're seeing a lot of collaboration and competition between the two sides. And Aaron Rodgers made the comment yesterday, you know, we need that. I'm okay with the defense winning these battles in training camp because they're telling the receivers, they're telling me what they saw and what we need to do different. And and so it's, it seems to have a lot of competition going, a lot of good on good. Um, of course, a wide receiver one has not fully emerged yet. That's the only position group that's really kind of, of concern, as well as the tight end group, which I will kind of fold into that as pass catchers. But they are getting so much work against three of the best corners in the league. And, and you see the wide receivers improving each and every day, which has to be encouraging for Matt LaFleur and the staff. Hey, real quick before I let you go, I, I saw today that Aaron Rodgers threw a couple of picks. I know he's unbelievably competitive, mm-hmm. hates to throw them in, in training camp or in practice anytime, hates to throw them. So the question is, is he just throwing some things up to the younger guys because he doesn't have the veterans like he's normally had just to see who he can trust, if they can go get a ball or maybe give something to the defense uh, a different look, or is Aaron just off? I mean, so how do you see that up close and personal? I think that, you know, sort of seeing what he can get away with, teaching these rookies where the window is, that's definitely part of it. You know, one of those interceptions today to Sean Davis, it bounced off of Romeo Dub's head. So that's, that's a little bit on Dub for, you know, not getting his hands around it. Um, that's not on Rodgers as much. But, it's, but because of that, to your point, that's pushing that window, showing Dubs how to get his body into that tight window and make sure that he does get the catch in and that it doesn't get deflected. And so I'm not too concerned with the interceptions. They've all been a part of sort of growing within this young wide receiver group. Great stuff, Cassidy. We appreciate it. We're going to get you back on more often, okay? Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. Y'all have a great day. Thanks so much. Absolutely. There you go. That is uh, our friend uh, Cassidy G. Hill. Cassidy Hill. All you got to do is uh, follow her on Cassidy, at Cassidy G. Hill over on Twitter. Covers the uh, Packers for the Journal Sentinel. Good stuff there. Appreciate her time. So 
Interesting. I want to expound upon that a little bit when we come back. Right? Going to talk a little bit about that. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. They are the supplier of the Big Unit Cruiser that we brought out here. If you haven't seen what it looks like, oh, my God, it's magnificent. People keep driving by and taking a look at it and knocking on a door, wanting to come in and look around. It really is. A, it's not the biggest one out here. Don't get me wrong. There's some ginormous RVs that are here at the Pappy Hoyle campground, but uh, campsites. But uh, it is certainly one that I think catches the most eye. And if you haven't seen it already, go to uh, Facebook and the Facebook fan page. You can see it there. Get a quick snapshot of it. But thanks to our friends at Cunis RV all over the state of Wisconsin. Doesn't matter the make, the model, Jayco, Nexus, which is what we have. There's Winnebago. There's Thor. There's so many different uh, brands that are out there. They carry them all. Uh, whether it's a fifth wheel, a motorhome, camper van, consignment, if you got a vehicle you want to get uh, rid of, they can consign it for you and do it at a, a minimal fee. And by the way, no fee to come and get it. They'll bring it on their lot, and all you got to do is sit back, relax, and let them do all the hard work and getting that thing sold for you. And as a matter of fact, they got a couple of beautiful ones on the lot down in Elkhorn when I was down there picking up the big unit cruiser. So check out our friends at Cunis RV. Go to Cunis, K U N E S. CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com all over the state of Wisconsin and growing beyond the borders. Uh, we got more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. Talking to Packers football coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're in Sturgis, South Dakota, Pappy Hoyle Campground, right next to the Full Throttle. Bikes coming in and out. RVs coming in and out. Breeze blowing, hot, 95 degrees today here. Uh, But nevertheless, we're enjoying it. Enjoy the hot weather while it's here because uh, we're going to be begging for it come December and uh, January, without a doubt. Uh, this portion of the program, which is uh, brought to you by our good friends uh, over there at uh, um, our friends at uh, Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon, so to speak. Uh, they are in uh, Hubertus on Hubertus. Look, if you're going out for breakfast this weekend, maybe Sunday morning, oh, my God, they have. It's just a good old Wisconsin traditional bar, you know, and, and you're, you're always looking for places like that. They serve a great Bloody Mary and a great whiskey old-fashioned. That's, that's, that's Sloppy Joe's. I mean, that's, that's the reason to go there. Stop in, tell them we said hi, checking out for yourself Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus, in Hubertus. And don't forget, they also have the beautifully renovated smoke on the water out in Okachi Lake. And I heard the Okachi tie-up was a huge success as well. Always is. But uh, they said it was a huge success. So good stuff there. A um, couple of different things. This one's from Granville who says, will Rodgers play at all in the preseason? Um, no. I don't think so. I mean, you know, maybe, but uh, Matt Schneiman said that uh, uh, Matt, La- uh, Matt LaFleur had a gathering of players after practice today. It was uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Devondre Campbell, uh, Clark, Crosby, Watkins, Jenkins, Cobbs, Jones, Dylan, Amos, Smith, Savage, Alexander, uh, Sean Gary, Stokes, Russell Douglas, Lewis, Tanyan, Rogers. 
uh, Lowry, Bakhtiari, Reed. Uh, the guess is that none of them will be playing come Friday night and that those veterans are going to be probably, you know, doing their own thing. My guess is unless either the offense just looks unbelievably inept, uh, but as Rogers said, he doesn't want to go in for one or two series, and that's it. It, it doesn't seem to be productive in that sense. And on in that case, I agree with him. Then again, for every series you run them out there, you also run the risk of an injury, especially in front of an offensive line that's still trying to find itself. So, no, he's not going to play at all on Friday night. Um, maybe if the offensive line looks really quality um, in, say, the third preseason game, maybe they get three, uh, you know, three series, four series, a quarter, or maybe the first half of the game, maybe. But beyond that, I would say no. I can't imagine it. It, it, it As much as I want to say you need that, I also want to say no. If you're not going to get quality work in, then what's the point? You know what I mean? So that's, you know, it's a good question. And I think it's what a lot of people were wanting to see and or hear. But like I said, I to me – I, as much as I want to get into the analytics of the regular season, I don't care about it. It's it's all about the building blocks of the regular season for the postseason. And it's all about going deep into the postseason. And by that, I mean a Super Bowl. That's, that's what this is. Now, injuries can play a massive role in that, which is the reason we do analyze and look at things when it comes to backups. Absolutely. Because you're going to need them. You know you're going to need them. No, no team goes throughout an entire season without injuries. I mean – Darnell Savage Jr. is already down with a hamstring. But that's what I look at more than anything. We know what the starters are capable of. We pretty much understand that. But for the rest of it, no. Nope. I'm more concerned about uh, the postseason and just keeping guys healthy. So, on one hand, thank you for the question. And I do understand maybe your want to see Aaron Rodgers work with this offense that probably needs a lot of polish, but... I don't think they're going to do it and run the uh, run the risk of along the way getting the quarterback hurt. Um, Rick says if they do run the starters out there, it's probably going to be week two, according to Rodgers. If indeed the line shows that they can, otherwise, Rick, I can. If the line is still a patchwork and you're still trying to figure out who can play where, there's no way I put Aaron Rodgers out there in harm's way against the Saints. Um, because you're going to have live practices with another team in 11-on-11 drills in your offense against their defense and vice versa. So you're going to get a lot of that work in in practice. And if that offensive line does not fare well, there's no way I'm running them out there in, in a game. I wouldn't do it. Not until you're completely settled on who's playing where and who's, who's good enough to do the job. Because I don't think you want any question marks on your offensive line when you're running out there your starting quarterback. I just don't. Uh, this is from uh, Paul. Paul says, uh, hey, unit, love the visuals. And he says, uh, what about that outside linebacking core? We were talking about that with Cassidy and with Mike Clemens a little earlier. What about that outside linebacking core? Nobody on backup. That's the way it certainly seems right now. I agree with you. The outside linebacker position right now is Jonathan Garvey and, what, Ramsey Ramsey, um, Tipicalia. Ladarius Hamilton, you know, that's those are the names you hear. 
Angabare is another one. Uh, Chauncey uh, Manick, I, I think they picked up. There's Kobe Jones. But nobody that's really standing out. Barnes was the guy that last year showed signs. And you're kind of thinking, okay, you're going to make a run at it this year. You know, you're going you're gonna to be the guy or you're going to get some playing time and you're going to be shuffled in and out. And he really hasn't had the camp that many expected. He hasn't been that standout that you were kind of hoping for. So uh, I don't know necessarily. I, I'm, that's a good point, a really good point in the sense of what you're going to look for coming up on Friday night. Some of the things that we talked about, some of the things we circled, it's not necessarily just the starters because the majority of starters aren't playing, but it's the backups. It's that outside linebacking position. Who's going to give you the added depth in the secondary? Who's going to give you the added depth when it comes to your safety position too? You know, obviously with Savage uh, right now being down with that hamstring injury, you want him to come back 100% and not have any additional injuries. But, uh, you know, you also want him to get back on the field as quick as possible because your depth is not overwhelmingly deep. You know, Rick says you indoors today and tomorrow. Uh, My buddy in Rapid City says it's stupid hot there, 101 tomorrow. They're saying 97 today and 103 tomorrow with a heat index of 107. Uh, today actually is my last day on the air today. Uh, not going to be here tomorrow, not going to be here on Friday. Be back at it on Monday. You're going to have Ben Kenny and company uh, on uh, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, but we're outside today. Today is nice, and here's the reason why. Even though it's hot and you can feel the heat really kicking up, there's a good breeze up here. Yesterday it was hot with no breeze, and we're sitting under a roof in this area uh, that just above me is is metal. It's a it's a it's a tin roof just up above us as it is the background behind us, and uh, man, that thing it, it became kind of like a toaster we were sitting in yesterday. So, but thanks for the uh, thanks for the question. So, I got an hour and a half to go. That's not bad. I'm I'm, I'm going to survive that. I can sweat a little bit. No problem there. I'm good to go. Head up uh, maybe after I get off the air and hang out in the pool a little bit. I don't know what we're going to do today. I don't know. We were go- we were talking about yesterday going down to, uh, as you look out over the pool area, we were talking about going down to Crazy Horse and visiting the monument down there, but I think we might do that now on Friday morning and then uh, and then figure things out after that. I don't know. Thursday. It depends on Friday. Friday morning depends on Thursday night. Thursday night, Jackal doesn't take the stage, I think, till 9 or 10 o'clock. And they obviously have their show on Thursday night, and that, that is going to be the blowout. So we're all off. Everybody's taking the day off on Friday because I think we're all going to, you know, head back to the campsite, jump into the RV and just sleep and rest and get refreshed a little bit, do a little riding on Friday, and then either heading back on Saturday or Sunday. Really haven't determined that yet, but a lot of people start taking off out of here come Friday. Anyway. Uh, I digress. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue. Veteran-owned right in the state of Wisconsin. Go to burnpitbbq.com for the sauces and the rubs, hot sauces as well that they make. But grilling season is not just summertime. It's all the time. But right now we're in the peak of it. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Support veterans. Support uh, Wisconsin-based business as well. Go to burnpitbbq.com. More of the Bill Michael Show live in Sturgis coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Hey, a reminder, coming up Sunday, September 4th, we cannot do this without you. We need your help. If you're a motorcycle rider or know somebody who is, get them in touch at the website, fisherhousewi.org. That is fisherhousewi.org. Go to the events page and, uh, and click on it, and you can find uh, the 15th annual poker run coming up. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the event itself, but all the details that have gone into it this year. For pre-registration, we have four different ticket prize packages that we're going to draw only for those who pre-register. So get pre-registered now. As we start to look ahead towards the weather forecast that weekend, it continues to look better and better. And I know we're still, you know, more than a couple of weeks out, but uh, the excitement is really starting to build. So get registered for the 15th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. You can also follow all the details on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. And you can uh, follow all the details for the motorcycle ride coming up there as well. But uh, get get registered. Get registered for that thing. Thanks so much to all of our terrific sponsors. Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, who we talked about earlier. Our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. They came up big this year. They said, we want to be a part of it. We want to support veterans. We're going to provide you some dealers. They did some uh, advertising with us as well to support the event. And uh, we can't say thanks enough to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. MKE Brewing, which is where we start on 9th Street, downtown Milwaukee, great rooftop bar. Growth Law, go to G-R-O-T-H, growthlaw.com, growthlaw.com. One of the top 20 biker law firms in the country. And it's right in our own backyard. Go to growthlaw.com. Also, our friends at Great Lakes Dragway down in Union Grove. they got big events coming up. Leroy Butler is going to be signing down there. So is uh, so is the, the grave digger, Gilbert Brown. He is going to be there as well. Look for the details, greatlakesdragway.com. That's greatlakesdragway.com. Also, our friends at Buzzard Billy's. Terrific, terrific eatery right there in downtown La Crosse. They came on and supported us as well. They spread the word for all the western – portion uh western riders in the state of wisconsin they help us out and then also our friends at kane and kane k-o-e-h-n kane and kane jewelers andy kane his beautiful wife jen they do such a great job out there in west bend wisconsin it is worth the trip and they uh encourage you whether you're a, a girl looking for that special ring and you want to go out shopping for it or necklaces earrings gifts you name it but guys they also have a segment on instagram called buy like a guy and they do a great job out there. That is a terrific jewelry store. It's a hidden gem right here in the state of Wisconsin called Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. See for yourself. Um, getting back to the Green Bay Packers, uh, this is from a Ring. Ring says, hey, Unit, uh, love the program. He says, listen every day. By the way, he's in lacrosse as well. Uh, so you got to get over to Buzz- Buzzer Billy's Ring if you haven't already. Get over that place and support them. He says, what about the backup quarterback position? He said, I hate to be the uh, perpetrator of gloom and doom, but Aaron Rodgers is due for a big injury. Does Jordan Love become the starter, and does he take it over, or do you think they would have to go out and find a veteran backup to help him, considering this is a championship defense? Ring, if Rodgers goes down, if it's for a game or two, that's one thing. If it's for a season which, again, let's knock on wood that that doesn't happen. But if it's for a season, I, you're not going to find, whether it's Jordan Love or anybody else that's a veteran backup out there, your, 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 your championship hopes most likely go down the tubes. And I don't say that because I don't trust the defense, because I think the defense is solid. 
But let's be honest. Over the years, the NFL has changed the rules and tweaked them so significantly in favor of offenses, it puts the onus now on quarterback play. And to win a Super Bowl, you pretty much have to have a Pro Bowl, at the very least, level of quarterback under center. So is Jordan Love that guy? You're going to roll with Jordan Love because that's the ultimate scenario. That is your immediate glimpse into the future. And if Jordan Love comes in and maybe the first game struggles and the second game gets better and each week gets better, well, then maybe he's your guy to take over the team. Otherwise, no, they're going to stick with Jordan Love. You're going to falter with him. You're going to watch it start to spiral downward. Your chances of winning a Super Bowl are going to go by the wayside. And then your decision at the end of the season is going to become reality. That's that, that It's that simple. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. Sorry about that. I, I know I know that there's a want-to there, but to say, oh, oh, yeah, they're going to be fine without Aaron Rodgers, but come on. Tampa Bay's not going to be fine without Tom Brady. Kansas City's not going to be fine without Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo's not going to be fine with Josh Allen. Cincinnati's not going to be fine without, you know, Joe Burrow. So go through the laundry list of good quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, it's just – it's not the same. No matter how great your defense is, you don't have the 85 Bears sitting across from you. So, no, to answer your question. And to say that he's due, I don't think he's due. I mean, maybe, you, you know, you, you could be right in that sense. You know, you know, he's been healthy for a while now, but I think he's healthy because he takes better care of his body. Um, I think he's healthy because he's cognizant of getting rid of the football. Um, well, let's be honest. He's also been healthy because he's had some pretty quality receivers and an unbelievably good offensive line and good coaching for the offensive line, which is why that offensive line and the mix and match going on right now is so imperative. It only takes one, though. You're right. only takes that one split second. But both of those collarbone breaks, those were freak, man. They really were. Those were two guys that happened to wrap him up and take him to the ground. Now, Anthony Barr gave him the extra oomph to snap him, okay? And I think we've seen when Aaron Rodgers has gone down, players haven't done the oomph of falling on top of him. And let's let's not forget, the NFL's outlawed that. You can't take a quarterback to the ground with that extra oomph, shoulder to the, shoulder to the, uh, the collarbone anymore or the slam to the ground anymore. You just take him down. Take him down, end the play get up, walk away. That's what the NFL stated. So you would assume that a play like Anthony Barr, again, would be um, – it's it's pretty much outlawed. You would assume that if a play like that happened and Anthony Barr would take Aaron Rodgers to the ground like that again, there would probably be a flag and a fine and possibly a suspension uh, depending on the, the length of time for injury and such. So the, the, the NFL has pretty much gotten away with a lot – or gotten away from a lot of that, you know. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. But uh, for those of you listening on the Bud Light live stream, we certainly appreciate your presence and being there. Thank you so much. Rick and Dan and our buddy ESPN Steve giving us uh, some of the insight, where to ride. Needles, the Needles Highway through uh, down to Custer is is fantastic. You are right, Steve. Drove the uh, Needles last year. Haven't done it yet this year, but last year was fantastic. It's beautiful through there. So you are 100% correct. Again, broadcasting live out here in Surges, South Dakota. Stick around. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. 
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers having a final practice and walkthrough before they fly to San Jose tomorrow to face the 49ers Friday night. Quarterback Jordan Love, who's only appeared in six games with one start, says he's looking forward to it. Showcasing, you know, everything we've been putting together so far during camp. Just going out there and, uh, you know, being able to make plays and, uh, and get a dub. The two most experienced offensive linemen for the Packers right now are John Runyon and Royce Newman, each with just 16 starts in the NFL. At left tackle is six foot seven Yash Nyman, who was an undrafted free agent Matt LaFleur's first year in Green Bay. Nyman has only eight starts, but is making progress. You know, he's grown a lot since when we first got here, and that's a great credit to everybody in that room, you know, with Steno and Buckus and just the veteran offensive lineman taking him under his wing and you can see the talent right when he got here. He's a, I mean, there's not too many guys that are that big, that are that athletic, that can run like he can. Now, the regular season begins in a month. If this is their offensive line, will they be able to compete against the Vikings defense with Zadaria Smith and Daniil Hunter, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, we'd have to really be smart about how we're playing in that situation. We've done it before. We've played against San Fran multiple times with, uh, with not our starters off the edge, and and sometimes done a nice job and sometimes struggled. So, you know, there's definitely some spots open. There could be interest in people not in the building right now. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Goody about that. But we need to see those guys step up and and somebody take it over. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. South Dakota, Happy Hoyle Campground, Full Throttle Saloon, and uh, we are glad you're here. Thanks so much, uh, as always, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, Packers getting ready for their contest coming up on Friday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they had their final practice today, and then they are going to wing their way to San Fran and uh, get ready for uh, get ready for that contest and uh, their first real test after training camp uh, of this uh, preseason. So. Looking forward to that come Friday night. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear some things from Aaron Rodgers. I want to revisit and some comments that he's made. So we're going to get into that. Uh, Matt Schneidman, I believe it's Matt Schneidman. Am I, am I correct in that? Uh, going to join us at the bottom of the hour? Ben? Andy Herman. Oh, excuse me, Andy Herman. The Pack-A-Day podcast is going to be here. I, I was reading some stuff from Matt Schneidman earlier, and I think that got stuck in my head. But Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day podcast coming up here in about a half an hour from now, uh, I you know I made a mention of this, and I had a couple people over on the on the Bud Light live stream and on Twitter mention it to me as well when I talked about the the service here last night. Uh, Pat, longtime uh, employee and uh, and friend of everybody out here at Full Throttle. Now I I did not know Pat, but uh, Pat had passed away, and uh, about a year ago, as a matter of fact, last night they had a uh, the Full Throttle family in between bands got everybody together in front of the stage on the inside of Full Throttle. And they brought in Pat's bike. His brother was here. Uh, his brother's dog. Pat apparently loved his brother's dog. 
uh, was here, and uh, Pat's brother uh, lives in Boston. So he flew in for the uh, for the kind of the uninformal un- ceremony, if you will. And uh, he uh, spoke, and everybody that knew Pat uh, around Full Throttle, and if you watch the Full Throttle show, you have seen Pat on the show. But Pat was quite the character. He was kind of the do-all here. And uh, last night uh, they held this uh, kind of impromptu memorial for him, and everybody spoke. It was really touching. It was it was about uh, I guess about nine o'clock, nine thirty last night, and uh, it was it was pretty touching. And everybody um, told a Pat story, and then they brought his bike in, his motorcycle that he loved, and he uh, he always drank Corona, so everybody got a bottle of Corona. And as you walk past his bike. You, they opened the gas cap, and you poured a little Corona in there. And then the, they started the bike until it just didn't run anymore. And they put Pat's ashes in the saddlebag and the hard bag on the side and then put it on a forklift and hoisted it up uh, above the brew house inside full throttle last night and put it there to forever rest in its place, And which was really a cool tribute. His bike and his ashes will forever be at the Full Throttle Saloon. He just absolutely loved the Full Throttle. He'd, he'd drive in from his home in California just to mow the grass out here. I it just, I, you know, the stories, I didn't personally know him, to be honest with you, but it was a really neat and touching ceremony out here last night for Pat. And, again, if you've watched the show, you know who he is. So uh, he uh, ended up passing away. He had some heart, heart issues and had uh, ended up in a um, Las Vegas hospital where he contracted COVID and was never able to become stable enough to have the heart valves replaced because they couldn't put him under anesthesia, and then he ended up passing away. So a sad night, but a really cool tribute to a guy that not only was a biker, but a guy that uh, loved it out here at Pappy Hoyle and at the Full Throttle Saloon. So uh, I, I wanted to mention that, and I forgot about it. So thank you to all of you who reminded me and wanted to hear I wanted to hear the story, so that's it. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Aaron Rodgers. We're going to hear from him. Uh, I want to go over some of the things that he had to say specifically. Uh, by the way, our buddy Mike Clemens, as always, uh, Mike is brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel and the Bay Motel and Family Restaurant. Clean, comfortable, cozy, just like home. And uh, don't forget, coming up on Friday, August 19th, they're having a tailgate party from 11 to 5. It's going to be brats, hot dogs, hamburgers, the traditional fare, the traditional tailgate fare from their backyard grill. There's going to be beer, soda, mixed drinks. But the cool thing is the proceeds go to the new community shelter in Green Bay. There's free parking, and they're going to actually run shuttles from the Bay Motel over to the Packers Saints game at Lambeau Field. Uh, So the Bay Motel, don't forget about it coming up. Next Friday, August 19th, having the tailgate party from 11 to 5. Stop in, and uh, all the proceeds go to the new community shelter. That's at 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay, just a mile from Lambeau Field. And if you want to get reservations, call them, 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. Or go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. We're going to hear from the quarterback of your Green Bay Packers, not Jordan Love. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, next on The Bill Michael Show. Stay tuned. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.